founder's lawsuit settles, how are they going to fuck it up from here? They took our jobs! At least that's what Molson Coors is accusing of millennials. A new state gets into hop production. Back off, Maryland. You're on Northwest Territory. This is It's All Beer. Welcome to It's All Beer. If news is the shitty, bland breakfast cereal, we are the oatmeal stout. We're pouring on top of it so we can get through another goddamn day. I'm Jeremy Jones. I'm Tyler Zimmerman. I give you a B for that one. You know what? It's not all about you, and sometimes I just have to cobble something together because I hadn't, like, thought about it all day before. So, you know, just deal with it. Step your game up. No, I refuse. (laughs) It's going to go downhill from here. After this, it's going to be, I'm just going to open up with... Fuck it, it's all beer. What 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 are we doing? Let's just <laughs> let's drink. Just just yeah. Speaking of drinking, what are we drinking today? Uh so you provided us with Partner Fresh Hop IPA from Crux Brewing. So this is the this is their seasonal fresh hop uh, release. I have not had this one yet. I had it at a Hoptober Festival. Well, aren't you special? <laughs> Maybe if you would actually work the fucking event. I had to work at a fucking tap room. This is, and this is where the podcast just gets devolved, devolves into us arguing. Anyway, <laughs> I like the the aroma is nice. It has kind of a minty, grassy aroma. Yeah, I can't remember what fresh hops they used. Ooh, it's got a really smooth, like citrusy, uh, orange peel, um, pineapple-y flavor to it. I mean, it's. I find I like fresh hop IPAs, but I find they could also kind of be a little bit like they got kind of a sharp, grassy flavor. I don't get anything off of that on this one. It's just. But it's, I mean, it's got a little bit of that, like, quality to it, but it's just really smooth. Yeah, looks like Centennial Fresh Hop, so. Well, that's a good one. All right. Well done, Crux. You can keep doing that. All right. Let's, uh, <laughs> are we ready for this? Just dive into the deep <laughs> end of the shit. Because, yep, we still got to talk about Founders. It came out, uh, it came out yesterday that Founders and Tracy Evans... Uh, reached a settlement agreement. Um, the terms have uh, uh, not been disclosed yet, but uh, they they reached it when we were riffing on them last week. <laughs> uh, Brewbound uh, put out a statement from both parties, and um, immediately the first thing I notice is that, uh, according to uh, if you read Founder's statement, it's pretty clear to me that they haven't learned a goddamn thing uh, from Founders, according to Brewbound. Quote. We are pleased to settle this case and focus on the future. I'll bet you are. (laughs) (laughs) Through recent discussions with Tracy, we listened, engaged in self-discovery, and reached common ground to make amends. We agreed that nobody would be viewed at fault here. (laughs) (laughs) Most in... Right in mouth. (laughs) I mean, yes. (laughs) Most importantly, this serves as an opportunity to, to place our full attention... Uh, on the work we have to do now as a company of more than 600 dedicated team members to rebuild our relationships. So, uh, it's been a good week since the uh, one writer uh, uh, who's been doing this for 10 years described this as the worst PR situation he's ever written about for any brewery ever. I said he's been doing this for 10 years, so... This is a... This was a, 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 a amazing shit show. Um, and I think it's worth taking a moment to step back and try to figure out what happened and make this turn into such a Broadway-style shit show. And if I had to put it in, like, one phrase, here's what happened. Um, somebody at Founders um, is an asshole, and Founders immediately began taking 
a series of large cumbersome ob- objects and fucking themselves over and over and over again. And every time you go, founders, why are you doing that? They go, we don't know. <laughs> we don't want to discuss it. Well, stop. Doesn't that hurt? Yeah, it hurts a lot. <laughs> Can you help us? <laughs> no. Um, so just to catch up, if you... If you haven't, uh, uh, if you if you don't know what's uh, what we're talking about, first of all, we covered it at length last week, but uh, and it's been covered on basically it's this has made CNN, Washington Post, everything else. Um, one, uh, if you remotely even like beer, you've probably heard yeah. about this. But anywho, what happened was uh, about a year ago, Tracy Evans filed a suit against founders for race discrimination. Um, he alleged that he was called the N word. And there are some racist printer labels. It was a whole, whole thing. Anyway, the lawsuit has been was going kind of fine until last week, when uh, it leaked that the general manager claimed he didn't uh, know that Tracy was black or didn't understand what a black person was. Couldn't see color. <laughs> he couldn't even say whether Obama or Michael Jordan was black. This leaked to social media, where the people on social media do what the people on social media do. They proceeded to absolutely lose their goddamn minds. Um, and then a couple of a couple of things happened after that that we didn't cover last week. Their diversity and inclusion manager resigned. Uh, Never which, a good sign in a case like this. <laughs> she published a letter based on on Twitter, basically saying that Founders was more interested in winning the lawsuit than doing the right thing. Which, yeah. Um, and then Founders made a statement uh, uh, the day a couple days after the whole thing, saying um, essentially along the lines of. They defended their general manager by saying, well, okay, we told him not to not to speak unless he was sure of something, which, not a great defense. <laughs> and they said, we are very sorry that this leaked out. Yeah, founders, I'll bet you are. At every stage of this, I, I, I find myself, like, trying to find, like, a, a, a trying to find, like, a reason to uh, uh, give founders a, a benefit of the doubt. Because um, let's not forget, they are a huge brewery with a lot of people that work there who aren't racist, who just want to get through their day. But every step of the way, Founders does something stupid that just makes you just bury your head in your hands and go, why, 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 Founders? <laughs> please, please stop what you're doing. <laughs> uh, did you see Tracy Evans, his statement he released after the settlement came to I, I did so it was actually on the brew bound after uh uh after founder's statement i found founder's statement a lot more like emblematic of what the hell happened but you well just like scanning through it real quick he said uh he's gonna move on from the issues he faced at founders and fight against racial discrimination around the world uh, the thing that stood out to me he goes i don't know what happens from here within the doors of founders brewing uh i do know this we have legal re- we have legal resolution and we have started looking at how all of this is affecting human lives. I don't know how Dave and Mike have planned for the future, but I know that seeing color and valuing people for who they are and their collection of experiences is the mission. The seeing color was just that nice little that was, jab right that was back. Kind of, that was just a little bit of a middle finger buried in that a statement that's pretty much been on brand from Tracy Evans and his lawyer since the get go. That's, I mean, that's, yeah, that makes sense, but that was a, that was a nice little, and one more F you founders. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you for, settled it. <laughs> thank you for the money. 
probably cost you about ten times um, what it should have. Which, uh, I mean, that's kind of where I, I, I fell on this, which was... Um, and actually, the Detroit Free Press, who's done amazing reporting on this the whole way through, uh, they ended with an opinion piece uh, that came out yesterday as well that basically said they interviewed a, a, a PR uh, professional and they basically detailed where founders went wrong um, during this process. And the the reality is that they basically, every way they could have fucked it up, they fucked it up. <laughs> like... You almost to the point where even if their goal was to fuck it up, they couldn't have fucked it up as well as well they as they fucked it up. They picked the what? It's like the choose your own adventure game where if you make all the wrong choices, you get to the worst possible outcome, or all the right choices, the best possible outcome, and then everything in between. And founders had like the cheat code just to go to the. They really did. Like I want to see how bad this can again. How. How big a rusty piece of rebar can we fuck ourselves with? (laughs) (laughs) Just how big do they get? Really, that big? Well, And then drove right down to Detroit and found one. (laughs) So, let's start at the beginning. Um, If the founders had a corporate culture that didn't put up with this horse shit, this doesn't even become an issue. Um, Or if something happens, you fucking kibosh that employee. Right. I mean, for everything I read, it's pretty clear that... Founders is not inherently racist. They likely have one, probably more people floating around. They're kind of fucking douchebags who make jokes that aren't funny, who make everybody uncomfortable. I think we all know somebody who is that person. In fact, I'm pretty sure we could switch off the microphone. Me and Tyler could count to three and say a name of somebody who is a former member of our beer community (laughs) who fits that description. Yeah. (laughs) We're not going to do that, but I think we could. (laughs) <laughs> the point is, is that that person, that person you have in your mind is now a fucking liability that can bring down your company. And the a wrong word at the wrong time from that person can cause a ton of damage. So the best thing you can do is have a culture that where that douchebag idiot opens his mouth, you have a you have someone that the first time you cuff does, him up the head. Well, you have someone uh, nearby who, you know, can look at them and say, hey. That's not funny. Shut up. And the second time it happens, either the uh, the HR person or even better, the brewery owner says, you do that again, you're fucking fired. Or you're fucking out. Let's go. <laughs> so, again, that j- just having that that uh, uh, culture that's done put up with that kind of behavior, this doesn't even become an issue. But let's just say that you've got a guy like that in a position of power that nobody really wants to step on his toes and he's said something to somebody um and that person has now made a complaint so what what happens at that point in time so you got a complaint employee or a customer or somebody lets you know that you've got this guy and he's saying things that make people uncomfortable and by the way nine times out of ten is this guy says something to somebody they're just gonna say what an asshole and walk away Mm -hmm. if it's gotten to the point where someone's like Hey, you've got to deal with this. It's happening too much. You've got to fucking deal with it, and you've got to realize that's the that's the knocking in in the engine of your company. You got to pull over and see, like, what the fuck is that? Before you're... not turn up the radio, <laughs> right? This is you don't keep keep on going until the fucking engine catches fire, which again <laughs> seems to be what happened. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I also think this is where you hire the diversity and inclusion person if you're going to do that. Not, 
after there's a lawsuit. <laughs> but And then even if you hire them after the lawsuit, do what they recommend. There's a reason you hired them. There's a reason you have a lawsuit on your hands. Take their word. So, so yeah. I mean, again, if they if if they had this, I mean, I was I had been working at a company where somebody had some, said something to somebody. Um, I didn't even know what it was. I couldn't even like that's not even me covering. That's literally what the description was to to all the employees before they herded us en masse into a uh, into a uh, diversity video. <laughs> oh boy, that's that's rough. <laughs> Which yeah, that's pretty awful. But I mean, it's not. It, yeah, it's good. It's a good corporate solution, but don't be a dick. <laughs> what? And I think everybody who had to sit through that was thinking the same thing. Who was it who said that? Who do we beat the shit out of for this horse shit? <laughs> We're about to full metal jacket this motherfucker. <laughs> so, just do that. But let's just assume you went and fired the guy who made the complaint, and now you've got a lawsuit on your hands. Um, I feel like if it's gone to the lo- gone to the point of a lawsuit. A lawsuit? A lawsuit. A lawsuit, you done fucked up. Um, but, my, I think at this point in time, my instinct is, it, it gets dicey at this point in time, but my instinct is probably settle. And according to the Detroit Free Press, the original settle, what Tracy Evans was originally asking for was $75,000 in court costs, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, which is a lot. But not but, really. But, you sit there and think, okay, founders, their court costs... Their, uh, um, the, the time they're spending on this, the, the personnel just working on it. And now let's factor in the lawyer cost. Yes. Um, let's, let's, now let's factor in the loss of, uh, sales, the loss of reputation. Let's not also not forget they had to close down a fucking tap room and they are to their credit still paying everybody who is working at that tap room. I feel like they've probably burned through $75,000. Oh, they <laughs> And this lawsuit has been going on for a year. Just in the lawyer cost, I guarantee they burnt through seventy five thousand. And so, I mean, at this point in time, I feel like, I you know, I think I think it's a little bit dice where you have to admit that you might have fucked up. But I think it's better to just say, okay, yeah, we done fucked up. Here's your money. Let's just let's just move on. And again, had that happened, we're probably not talking about founders other than like. We're scrolling through like, oh, founders had to pay a lot of money. That kind of sucks. Let's move on. Hopefully they learned their lesson. And yeah. yeah. But whatever you do, be authentic and don't cover it up. The, like it's the old adage. It's not the crime that gets you in trouble. It's the cover up. And this is a prime example of why that is a maxim. Because where this went from just a a bit of a shit show to a nuclear grade dumpster fire was is founders denied it and then kept denying deny 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 to the point of like yeah to the point of the the infamous deposition leaking out um what whether whether the founders gm was actually coached to deny that he didn't understand what a black person was versus a white person or if he just froze up and said something stupid. I mean, it looks like they were doing everything to win a lawsuit as opposed to just and just proving that they were right as opposed to actually being right. And again, <laughs> and the fact that they were like, we reached an agreement. 
that said that no one was at fault. I'm like, that statement says right there that you didn't care about this employee, that they had a shit experience. All you care about is looking like you won this. Exactly. And so and that's the last and that's the last thing that the that this article and I kinda came to is lastly, for the love of all that's good and holy on this planet, drop the shovel. <laughs> the the real train wreck quality about this thing is that founders every time they opened their trap made it worse i mean it was weird that they i mean as soon as things started going bad they clammed up but the only thing they ever said were things that made it worse mm-hmm. and so saying nothing would have been better absolutely you kind of go i mean I don't, it's an active lawsuit we'll comment when it's over yeah but i mean well and they basically did that except for they go this is an active lawsuit we'll comment when it's over when uh, we win <laughs> yeah when we win because we're right <laughs> you just gotta go stop um the detroit free free uh the the detroit free press put it the best way i think they said for the love of god stop making news um and then they pointed to the closure of the detroit tap room uh they had a pr professional who uh pointed out that the reason that their reason behind closing the tap room was essentially bullshit founders said that um it was for the safety of their employees which yeah, maybe, but no, it wasn't. I mean, it was, but no, it wasn't. Uh, the point is, is that uh, uh, when it's time to reopen, was it suddenly safe? And now when you reopen the tap room, we're going to have to talk about all this shit again. Mm-hmm. Where the reason they closed it is they didn't want their employees being like, yeah, I don't know why our company fucked up. This <laughs> yeah. And why they keep digging. Yes. I mean, that's the real reason. And so, but that's kind of the point. It's like, if you had, even he said, if you had to close a tap room, and that's not a bad idea, as he kind of pointed out, but he says, you close down, you make it a positive going, look, we have a lot of shit we need to deal with, and that takes time. So we're going to close this place down. We're going to deal with our shit. And when we come out, we'll have dealt with our shit. And then you have to have, actually have proven that you've dealt with their shit, which founders- we're bringing everyone to our headquarters to be like, here's- how we're gonna fucking fix everything right here's how we're gonna fix the culture but and i think that's the the thing is that here we are and founders is not has not done that so even when they do open the taproom again everybody's gonna look at them going okay so have you dealt with your shit and they're gonna go so we won (laughs) um there's just one more thing I, I I came upon that I, before we put this thing to bed, and no only one person that I I, I saw kind of made this connection. That was the worst beer blog, or the yeah the worst beer blog. Um, while we were on break in August, uh, uh, Don Miguel, it's they already own five percent of uh, founders. They announced that they were uh, going to have a controlling interest of ninety five percent, and that deal is going down in January. Um, and there's been absolutely nothing about this since the uh, since the thing. So I'm kind of wondering, come January, does Don Miguel uh, absorb this dumpster fire or what happens next? I don't think anybody has the answer for that, but it's... That'll be of, interesting to see. Yeah. I mean, of course, you know, Don Miguel is a, is a giant Spanish um, uh, alcohol conglomerate. Um, I forget what uh, what their major brands are, but it, one of their major brands is about to be Founders. But of course, they've gone absolutely uh, uh, silent on all this because I'm sure they don't want. <laughs> you 
They're not digging themselves in a hole. <laughs> say, they're but, like, this fucker <laughs> said enough stupid shit for all of us. Uh, they're just standing up to the side going, wow, they are really going Please in. forget that we own part of them. Um, and that we're going to own all of them in a second. Oh, dear God, what are we going to do? So, uh, And that check size just got cut in half. <laughs> and half. <laughs> so, I mean, that's going to be interesting. Come January, does this deal go down? I feel like it does otherwise. But I would not be a bit surprised to just flip open uh, the beer news and say, and Don Miguel pulls out saying, nope, 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 never mind, we're done. <laughs> we can't see profit. So, on another piece of news, Miller Coors is giving the axe to four to 500 salary positions, as well as renaming themselves to Molson Coors Beverage Company. Big change. Big change. They went from Molson Coors Brewing, Brewing Company, Company to Beverage Company. So, I mean, hold on to your hats. Uh Part of it is they're claiming because millennials are ditching beer that they need to switch it to beverage company um, so that they are not just locked into doing beer. They can do hard seltzers, some non-alcoholic stuff, and uh, do some premium beers, beyond beers, and building out its digital capabilities. I, I, when I was reading through this, I found it interesting that, yeah, they're going to be focusing a lot more on what they call their um, above-premium beer brands. Yeah. Um, and these above-premium um, include such, I mean, uh, such amazing, uh, 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 you know, uh, high-dollar beers as uh, Blue Moon and Peroni, which apparently they, they, they run that uh, uh, Italian piss water. Yep. Um, I'm assuming that also means Hop Valley and Terrapin and St. Archer. Um, but I'm not exactly sure. I mean, that's where this whole thing gets dicey because I had to remind myself, okay, Molson Coors versus Miller Coors. Oh, yeah, Molson Coors owns most of Miller Coors. Miller Coors old, owns Terrapin, St. Archer, and Hop Valley. So I'm guessing that means that they're part of this, but I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, so I think they're collapsing Miller Coors in fully into the fray. And uh, they did say that they... Uh, have been developing new brands such as the sparkling cocktail brand Cape Line and a hard cold brew coffee. Um, the, Trying to keep up with the good old Piver. <laughs> now that Paps is going to be coming out with theirs everywhere coming. That's coming July of next year, by the way. The uh, the Paps hard coffee. That for you people who've looked at a Paps and go, yeah, this is pretty good, but can they make basically alcoholic Starbucks? Alcoholic you you Let's be honest. I say that's a yeah. That's what everybody described it as. Alcoholic. Excuse me. Alcoholic you who. Um, this is this is particularly interesting to me because I I, I constantly get um uh like updates. Molson Coors puts out this uh this basically a uh their view of the beer industry this year uh, document, and every year it's kind of the same thing, which is well. Yeah, this craft beer thing is kind of interesting. This fad is going to go on another year, I guess. But it's important that we don't lose sight of, you know, the, the brands that make you money. Uh, Coors and Miller. Mm -hmm. And so it's... I and feel now like, they're like, ah, fuck. And so, I mean, first of all, it giant giant corporations. So when they're going... When they're saying, like, we're going to change our name to Beverage Company... That's the equivalent of just a normal person going, fuck, 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 fuck. I've got to change everything. I'm doing everything wrong. 
Um, That's so- when in college you're writing a paper and you forget to hit save, and then the battery dies and you lose everything. Yep, that's that's what's happening. That's what they're going through. <laughs> um, and it's. Part of me wants to go. Well, welcome to the party. I mean, yeah, you've been you've been struggling to catch up for nigh on a decade, but I'm glad you guys are here and realizing just how bad things are for you. Um, it's interesting. It kind of annoys me on a professional level that it was finally hard seltzer that made you realize that. Where I mean, to be fair, hard seltzer is now a category of its own. That's I saw. Uh, I think Brian D. Roth tweeted this out couple weeks ago where it was white claw alone had through like the time of that tweet had outsold all anheuser-busch's craft beer portfolio okay and had also outsold all of budweiser sales that big of I mean, that's, Budweiser, the beer, not counting Bud Light. Or right. Bud just, I mean, Budweiser, yeah. If they start, if White Claw becomes more popular than Bud Light, then I think we just, we, we give, you and I just give up. We go, all right, so welcome to It's All Seltzer, where we just talk about seltzer water and slowly die inside. Take the claws and drink the claws. <laughs> so, yeah. No, um, so Miller Coors uh, came out, uh, so with these cuts, uh, changing some of their locations of their headquarters, um, they'll be able to reinvest about $150 million annually. Um, quick note on that. I mean, I found something, it, I think it was in a, um, the CNN article about this, um, where they were talking about um, about reinvesting, especially they're reinvesting in a, some new, uh, new ad campaigns. You talked about one last week, mm-hmm. the Miller going blackout, which is fucking brilliant i think yes um they talked about the 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 new cores thing is like it's chill time for cores i don't know oh yeah the chill time where the couple ads were like it's two college roommates grilling up breakfast sit down crack open cores light watch college football they got some blowback for that but i was like that's bullshit i've done that a lot on college football saturdays yeah i mean the girl getting home from work taking off her bra opening up a Course light and relaxing. Never worn a bra. Don't know how refreshing it feels. Apparently, it feels it's supposed to be great. amazing. <laughs> Just maybe I'm revealing too much, but it's it's kind of it's kind of it's it's freeing, is what it is. It's very freeing. Just letting those puppies just kind of slide out. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, the but the thing I there was some executive made like made the comment like we can now invest in these new ad campaigns with absolutely uh, um, with absolutely no uh, uh, worry about the uh, the cost or essentially without any downside. To which I kind of in my head going yeah, except for the five hundred people you're shit canning. Yeah, that, I was gonna say they see a lot of downside with that ad. They're, they're they're seeing a lot of that, but I mean, you know, you're making poo poo in your million dollar pants and trying to figure out how to clean them. Fuck fuck the people who actually had to work. But yeah, <laughs> uh, and then Hattersley uh, said at the end of his note to employees, you know, we cannot and will not wait. We will move faster and free up resources. Uh, we will invest in our brands and in our capabilities. We will regain the glory of our past, and we will create a Jesus brighter future Christ. for the Molson Coors Beverage Company. <laughs> I'm like, when did this go to Braveheart? 
<laughs> See, I'm sitting there thinking of the president from uh, uh, from Independence Day. <laughs> we will not go quietly into the night. <laughs> <laughs> we will sell Miller cars. <laughs> And then slam a, Mil- a Miller light on his head and shotgun it. Yeah, that's how I imagine that. I want them to actually do that. I want them to actually have that that moment where they... We should have recreated that video. Just me standing in a suit, screaming that, and then slam I mean, we could do that. We could just make this podcast, you and I, recreating moments from, moments from beer news. Oh, fuck. But when I saw that, I was like... Why is he, like, really trying to pump them up? Well, because they're working for Molson Coors, so it's, you're going to need something. I mean, obviously, the, the whole point of this is because it, you've kind of been drifting slowly towards the, towards oblivion. And so, yeah, you got to rally the troops and charge that hill. you gotta, you got to take on the fucking claw. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. But, yeah. So... That was my favorite part of his little press release. <laughs> I missed that. I'm <laughs> yeah, I, the article I was looking at was from Insider.com talking about it. And they went over all the business side of things and then had that quote in there. And I was like, fuck, I'm this not- cannot be beat. <laughs> fuck, I'm with you. Molson Coors, go for it. I'm, Charge! I'm, I'm still not going to drink any of your kind of shitty beers. Um Maybe a blue moon if there's absolutely nothing else available. Mess around with Hop Valley or Terrapin if it ever comes into town. But I mean, good luck. Good, Hop Valley good. is in town. No, I'm Terrapin. Okay. When Terrapin <laughs> gets in town, I know Hop Valley's in town. That's like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> which I wonder why they are not in town since they probably have national distribution. But hey, yeah. We still, I think we still, I think we still get Saint Archer, which yeah, yeah, good for them. Well, on another note, uh. Flying Dog Brewing out of Maryland is partnering with the University of Maryland Ag Department to grow hops in Maryland. When you think hop production, you think think Northwest. Oh, I was going to say, I think Maryland. I'm I'm, I'm surprised (laughs) it took this long. I I was, in my life, I've been dreaming of driving through the the hop fields of Maryland. On your way to D.C.? On my way to D.C. because that's... I got I got nowhere for that. I got nowhere to go with with that. It's just absurd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, so WTOP, a newspaper out of the DC area, had an article uh, talking about this. They went through and Flying Dog over the last four years has been funding most of the research to lay the groundwork to make a commercially viable hop that would grow. In Maryland's climate. Uh, They're trying to identify best practices for growing, harvesting, as well as uh, just producing a profitable crop. Um, So what they're doing is, with this here, Flying Dog's been providing the school with analysis of the yearly hops, uh, the yield to identify hop varieties that grow well in Maryland, uh, and would also provide a commercial appeal to current craft breweries. So that way they're not growing a hop that's never going to sell. Mm-hmm. Um, and they decided, Flying Dog decided to take this year's most promising crop and brew a Maryland themed pale ale called Field Notes and release it in 16 ounce cans. Uh, they made it look like the University of Maryland, like Sigil, uh, 
very flying dog esque looking can. Um, I do love their artwork and yeah, that that that, that kind of has that feel to it. Yeah, um, and it looks like Maryland's fucking terrible logo. And, <laughs> uh, but they get into talking about how um, the sales from this beer will help go back to funding the Hopper Research Project, as well as. Um, talking about how hop plants usually take years to oh, fully yeah. mature. Right. Uh, and so this past spring's harvest was the third year's harvest. So here soon it should be fully matured, which I'm super excited. I hope Marilyn can pump this out for a couple reasons. Is One of my favorite beer styles is a fresh hop. Like we're drinking today. Yeah, I think that's what we're kind of appropriate that we are drinking a fresh hop beer, yes. And because of that, most people who don't live in the Northwest have no idea what the fuck a fresh hop is. Oh, I, I've actually, this, it's kind of fun because every once in a while I get someone from out of state um, who's from a different part of the country and they, uh, I've had a couple of people go, well, you know, ask about pumpkin beers. Like, well, we don't really have many here in Idaho, but let me show you what we do have. And I've introduced them to a fresh hop beer and they're kind of like, wait. Describe fresh hop and then go comes right off the plant and into the kettle. Yeah. Most people are like, you mean it's just a really fresh beer? And I'm like, no, no, no. I'm like, well, yes, because you can't sell it super long. But And, they, and I always get like two responses to that. Number one is first, well, one response is, wait, they don't do that already? No. Like, no, you have to dry them and process. It's a whole and thing. Pelletize and pelletize yeah. and the other one is, or the other one is, wait, you can do that? Yeah. <laughs> No, so I, I'm excited. I'd love to see fresh hops kind of grow. It gives all the East Coast breweries well, and a I'm, chance. I would be really interested to to know whether or not like a a hop that's uh, a, that's been engineered to grow in on the the Eastern Coast of the United States. What the flavor profile is going to be like? Because I mean, you got the Northwest hops are known for their like floral citrusy thing going and then on. You got your New Zealand where it's yeah. very like. Tropical fruit, candy-like, melon. Yeah, the New Zealand and Australian hops are really are, are really now known for their, I mean, again, what you said, their candy-like, tropical fruit notes. Uh, you got the, the standbys uh, from Europe, you know, your, your earthy uh, British hops, your very spicy German hops. Uh, although a lot of German hops are, the newer ones like Huel Melon and Mandarino Bavaria are coming up with some new flavors. But so. if you look at it, they're around the same latitudinal mark. Right. As the Northwest, so. Um, well, first, first of all, yeah, I'm kind of curious on on uh, on how how to make a hop grow in that slightly. I mean, the I think the temperature the temperature is about the same. It gets a little bit warmer in the summer in that area, and it's a I lot would wetter. Think, like the humidity there yeah. would be the issue. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you have like the downy mildew issue coming up on it, and yeah, I feel like you're going to run into mold and mildew issues. Which, if you've, I mean, you can breed. Apparently, you might be able to breed for that. But yeah, I'm really kind of curious on what the what the flavor profile is, and then is there going to be so? And will there be a new style? Because we got your West Coast IPA, which features American uh, the Northwest hops. Your East Coast IPA, which are you know, or the hazy IPA, which actually features. More of your like New Zealand tropical fruit hops or Citra, which or Northwest citra. still still Northwest. You know, do we get a Mid Atlantic style where it's like, and these ones taste like 
apples. I don't know. There's there is actually a hop called Experimental Apple Crisp uh, that's grown in Washington that tastes like a pear Jolly Rancher, or not, or like a pear Jelly Belly. Excuse me. Oh damn! I actually talked to Jerry, the owner of Mad Sweet Brewing, a couple uh, back at the beginning of October, and he was telling me he had. There was a hop that this hop, an experimental hop this hop company was using that made it taste like a barrel-aged beer if you use this hop in it. The fuck? Yeah, and they like actually brewed some batches with this and had like little samples that you could try, and he's like, sure shit. A hop that like tastes like smoke and and vanilla and and oak and, huh. And so, I mean, we're just going to have just hops that have every... We're just going to breed hops that have literally every flavor profile. Like, So, I'm like, I, I'm really curious. What can Flying Dog... Because knowing Flying Dog with how, like, crazy and fanatical they are, they might come up with a... If they can do it, come up with a really crazy off-the-wall... And so you have hops with literally every flavor, and... And so what you have to do, Molson Coors, if you're listening, is get on this, get these hops, and make hopped seltzer water in literally every flavor. <laughs> That's how you get ahead of the competition. That's yours, Molson Coors, for free, except for if you actually do it. Um, I, 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 Mine. I get all the royalties. We will get a royalty! <laughs> I, I just want to see him half-face painted blue. <laughs> and we relapse, guys. Uh- <laughs> Before we go to be back to the beginning of this podcast, Tyler, anything else from today? No, I'm good. Well, as always, uh, Molson Course, uh, again, if you use this idea, get a hold of us at uh, It's All Beer on Twitter. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at It's All Beer. That's in at It's uh, It's All Beer at gmail.com. Send us the email there. That's where we'll, we can collect the royalties. We'll, we'll, uh, uh, we'll work that I'll out. I'll Venmo you. Um, and then anybody else can also talk to us and, and tell us uh, what we're doing right or wrong. And you can leave a uh, review on our uh, podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get this podcast. Um, Carrier Pigeon. Yeah, carry, yeah, well, I've had to kill all of them because oh. it's the, you would not believe how much those fuckers eat. Oh, I figured the cold would have got them. You'd think, but no, actually, well, I'm, and we need to eat here because we don't get any money. So anyway, if you like what we're doing here... And you want some jalapeno poppers... <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is, uh, leave us a rating or the last carrier pigeon dies. (laughs) (laughs) And Pete is going to be sending us a fucking message. It was only a matter of time anyway. But that's all from us. I'm Jeremy Jones. I'm Tyler Zimmerman. I'm going to have a beer. Enjoy.